0: Welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime on a Sunday. If you're new to the show, I'm your host, Buck Rising. And I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford, that is the place that you go for all of their quality American-made Ford vehicles. Incredible selection. One of the state's largest, as a matter of fact, in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Gary Ashton. Local sports lover. I saw Gary was at the Nashville SC game this weekend. I did not go, I did not go to Summerslam. I did not go to Nashville SC. I regretted. Um, I wasn't I wasn't terribly beat up about not going to the Nashville SC game because they drew, even though I have season tickets. And I just, you know, I don't want to schlep out there for a draw. Um, but I did regret not going to Summerslam. Anyway, GaryAshton.com. the Intel Edge is what they can provide to you for all of your real estate needs. So let's take a look at the latest reporting on Debo Samuel. Um, Amy Vining says, why do we have to keep talking about that lying crybaby all the time? Uh, I assume Amy, you are speaking of AJ Brown, uh, the former Titans wide receiver he does not practice. He misses games and lies, lies, lies. Let's move on, please. Well, here's the thing. Um, I understand why that's a sentiment and this is not going to be all about AJ tonight. I don't think that that's so, but I do think it's interesting to kind of take a look, take a step back and say, okay, let's let's evaluate what we have based on the results with the three guys i mean seven wide receivers signed contracts this offseason north of 24 million dollars a year now there's a handful of them that changed teams aj was one of them and but for the three or for the four rather that we uh, that we were talking about at least for the offseason prior to prior to the draft taking place Those four in the 2019 class, McLaurin, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and Debo Samuel, three of the four got deals done with their original team. So given that they, I mean, at least three of them have the same representation, as a matter of fact, I think it's kind of interesting to kind of take a step back, see what, okay, what happened, what happened in San Francisco and why could it not have happened in Tennessee for A.J. when they literally have the same agent and it was a similar situation, both players. Asked for a trade request. But we'll also talk about obviously the value that Debo Samuel brings. But I guess in kind of reading the reporting on this, uh, Ian Rappaport was the first with the news. According to a tweet at Rap Sheet, of course, is where you go to follow the man sources. The 49ers and Star Weapon Debo Samuel are in agreement on a massive contract extension, keeping him in San Francisco for the foreseeable future. The drama is over. The bridge. Is rebuilt now. He goes on to uh, detail that the extension is for three years, worth seventy-three and a half million dollars, with fifty-eight point one million in guarantees. So, um, I think that I think that in in a lot of this, uh, as far as a lot of this goes, to look at the difference between what AJ got and what the other three got, there is a difference there. A.J.'s deal is for four years. It's $100 million, 25 over four, right? And a lot of these guys, well, the other three, got three-year deals all in the ballpark of $75 million, basically the same average annual value. And uh, I need to look at the guarantees to uh, discern what differences may be there, but I imagine they're all fairly similar. But it is interesting to see why, well, why did A.J. get one more one more year on his deal? Why was that the deciding factor for A.J. Brown and what kind of went down there? Um, and with all this happening, especially with Debo, when you go back and think about the Debo Samuel situation, uh, this was somebody who, who asked for a trade before long before AJ asked for a trade. And of course they, you know, there was the leaked video of Debo Samuel and AJ Brown talking on, uh, on FaceTime. I think it was Debo's mother's Instagram live that that was screen capped and went around during the, uh, during the spring that got everybody all hot and bothered all in a tizzy. And so, you know, it felt far less likely that Debo Samuel was going to be back, especially given that AJ Brown by that point was already out. Like he was already uh, in a he was already in a situation where yeah he had he had he had gotten what he wanted. He had gotten what he requested. He had gotten a trade. He had gotten a hundred million dollar contract that he seemed to lust after. Understandably, so so I want to start with your Two Rivers Ford take. Uh, And and talk about talk about this Debo contract just just as a as a starting point, and then we can get into the details of why it is that AJ's situation may have differed, Um, and whether Tennessee was in the right or in the wrong by not working or by not doing everything that they could uh, by not doing everything that they could to keep him here. Uh, Two rivers forward take, of course, that is what we do each and every night at the start of the show. Fair or foul, Uh, the 49ers extending Debo Samuel. Let me know your thoughts on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. We'll talk about it together, simply fair or foul. The idea that Debo Samuel will remain a 49er for the next three years at least. We will talk about this together right after I tell you about the people who present the Two Rivers for Take. That's Two Rivers Ford, kids. You know this. Now, all of uh, everything in life gets uh, has been difficult. It's just generally been harder to get things done lately across the board. No matter what sector you work in, no matter what it is that you are trying to consume, life is harder these days. But at Two Rivers Ford, they always make the car buying process simple. That's because they thrive and pride themselves on their exceptional customer service at Two Rivers Ford. You can do the Build For You program. You can call one of their non-commissioned salespeople and have them keep an eye out on a vehicle. That may work for your family's budget and your family's needs if you don't know exactly what you want. That's okay. Two Rivers Ford is going to take care of you. And they sell, of course, always sell below MSRP on all new non-specialty vehicles. So you can rest assured that you're getting the best price. When it comes to finding a vehicle, Two Rivers Ford is the place to go. It's real easy. Their dealership is out in Mount Juliet. It's just about... Uh, a couple of miles east of Nashville International Airport, or you can check out their inventory online at tworiversford.com. So, fair foul? Debo Samuel getting the bag from San Francisco after all. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that you need to look at this. One, uh, that he is a very unique player in an offense that is well-suited to him. Evan Kaplan of ESPN tweeted this earlier this evening. Last season, Debo Samuel led the NFL in yards per receptions, and he was tied for 10th in rushing touchdowns. Think about how absurd that is. He's an incredibly versatile player, and he provides a a dimension to an offense that not a lot of people have. Now, I think that in Miami this year, they're going to look to replicate some of the, I mean, it is in principle the same offense from Mike McDaniel, who's now the Dolphins head coach, the former San Francisco 49ers offensive coordinator to what Kyle Shanahan runs with runs with the Niners at present. But a player who led the NFL in yards per reception, but was also tied for 10th in rushing down, rushing touchdowns. There's not a lot of guys who can do, who can offer that kind of versatility. So I think it's I think it's quite easy to say that it was absolutely fair for the Niners to want to pay and to want to keep Debo, especially if they think he's going to have a higher ceiling with Trey Lance as opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo. And that was something Debo Samuel talked about um, not too long ago, And now since he's been back at training camp. You mentioned you'd had a conversation with Debo about his role Um, Was that conversation, I mean, do things need to be spelled out um, regarding how it will be used this year in order for contract negotiations to kind of enter their last stage? Oh. About these press conferences. (laughs) Now it just clicked. Welcome back. Um, No, guys, Debo and I talk a lot. We're good. And we understand our role. That's I know there's a lot of noise for five months and tweets and a lot of people are repeating what someone said and repeating, repeating, repeating Um, a lot of negotiations going on. There's a lot of money involved. It's a big business deal. Um, But besides everything else, we're good. So what happened? What happened over the process that Debo Samuel went from being in that club to, you know, looking looking off that one of those bottle girl signs saying Debo saying you're like, nah, bro, I'm I'm out. I'm 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 hitting the streets. I'm getting paid. What happened that made this whole thing work? So Rappaport uh, put up a tweet about an hour ago and kind of talked through some of the details on this. So the 49ers, he writes at Rap Sheet, and Star Weapon Debo Samuel worked for months and get it done. He lands a huge deal, three year extension, seventy three and a half million dollar max and seventy one point five five total. The guarantee is 58.1. He'll be 29 years old entering the last year of his deal with the potential for another massive one. So he's going to get to, it's basically getting him in the another opportunity to cash in before he's 30. Now, what Rapsheet adds next after that tweet, I also find to be uh, a critical piece of this puzzle. This was not easy from a trade request to totally rebuilding the relationship, but Agent Tory Dandy and the 49ers brass dealt with it all. In the end, no trade, Samuel gets paid and everything works out. Now, Tory Dandy, if you remember, is also the lead agent for A.J. Brown at Creative Artists Agents, CAA. And so looking at this to see, okay, why was one side willing to consistently come to the table and the other side just straight got blown out of town? what is the missing piece here and why did one situation go much more smoothly than the other? Now, to a certain extent, there has to be a willingness on the player and the player's side to, you know, listen to reason and understand that there is only going to be so much spend in a team like Tennessee, for example, where there's not volume, uh, where there's not a ton of volume as far as the passing game is concerned. And where the availability for the player in question was very much a question. And so with all of this, I think that you kind of, I think that you kind of look at it and say, all right, uh, this is, this is something, this is something that, that it was in the best interest for Debo to ultimately kind of take a step back, breathe and recollect himself and then allow the negotiations to proceed. But, Should it be a knock on the Titans that in a similar circumstance, almost parallel, that a deal did not get done? I think that's going to be a question for a lot of Titans fans, especially if there's struggles. Now, again, it's going to continue to hover over everything that goes on this year, rightly or wrongly. I know many of you are tired of it. I'm certainly tired of it. And the season hasn't even started yet. We are over a month away from actual NFL football, well, not counting the preseason, being played. But at this point, uh, you have to, you have to, I, I, it's done, right? The situation is over. Everybody has moved on. Traylon Burks is a Tennessee Titan. AJ Brown is a Philadelphia Eagle and the other players stayed with their original teams. But how do you kind of, how do you kind of work through that? How do you kind of process that? Especially if there is, you know, early struggles as it is totally fair for there to be or to expect there to be given all the different things that we talked about. But I think for the 49ers, certainly fair to pay Debo Samuel. I think that Debo Samuel is well worth that value and Debo Samuel doesn't miss games at the same rate that AJ Brown did. I told you guys, and I wrote about this uh, several months ago, that AJ had missed a total of uh, a total of 16 games in his three years. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that, and AJ's still a productive player when he made himself available, but of a total, uh, Debo Debo Samuel missed, it would seem, a good chunk. I can't remember Debo's injury in 2020 that cost him a chunk of the season, but he only ended up playing in seven total games in 2020. Uh, he, has play, he has started 31. He has played. In 38, so just to not do math on air, which would be horrendous by me, 16 plus 16 plus 17 equals 49. So Debo has missed 11 games. They're still a consequential, uh, still a consequential sample size, but not quite as many as AJ. Because if you're playing in a in a total of 38 of a possible 49. And you look at AJ Brown in the same sample size. Well, actually, this is pretty funny. AJ, AJ ended up playing, excuse me, 16 games was an incorrect number. Six games is the number that AJ missed in total. Because in actuality, and I did not realize this until I pulled up Pro Football reference, AJ's actually played in more games since they've been in the league together than Debo Samuel. How about that? That is uh that's a pretty interesting nugget that I did not I did not know until just now. AJ had double knee surgery. Well, he had a knee scope. I don't, it's not like full out knee surgery. He's not like having a knee replacement, but yes, he did have a procedure. He did have two procedures on one knee apiece. Um, but there is still a substantial amount of games that are being missed for both of these players. Doesn't Debo get more touches, says Clark. You know, in total, he I, I would have to go and look at the total touches uh, because Debo is used in more ways than AJ is. So there is a bigger sample size, obviously, of of rushing production. He had, uh, Debo did what? I think Debo had seven. Did Debo have seven? Eight rushing touchdowns last year. I think AJ in total in his career has one rushing touchdown. Um, so, the, so the scoring output is greater for Debo because they use him in many more ways. Um, but I think uh, I think when you kind of look at this, uh, I think when you kind of look at this, you have to understand that what Debo Samuel brings to the table is of greater value. They are going to get more value, the Niners are, than the Titans would out of an A.J. Brown contract. It doesn't mean that it ends up being the right decision. Only time will tell. There's no possible way to judge that on Sunday, July the 31st. By the way, pads come on on Monday. Uh, for the Tennessee Titans at training camp, which will be uh, just one little step closer to football. So let's talk about some of this value. Let's talk about the idea of which of the three 2019 receivers who got contracts, who will be the better value for their team? Will it be Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, or Terry, or rather, or A.J. Brown? Which of those three players do you believe their team, their new team or old team, is going to get the most value out of their contract. Let's talk about this in the comments section, and you guys can respond wherever it is that you're consuming us while I tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. Gary Ashton, that's where you go for the Intel edge. The Intel helps you sell your home without any showings or staging. The Intel helps you find your next home while the Nashville real estate market is still red hot. That Intel helps you win the buyer battle and cash in on your home equity now. The Gary Ashton Intel Edge is what they offer you and it is a tried, true and tested formula. It worked for me, it has worked for many of you. It's worked for many of your favorite players, coaches, country singers, everybody. Trust Gary Ashton cuz he's the best in the business. Garyashton.com is where you go. So, how we look at this uh, how we look at this value situation for each of their respective teams. Who, which team, DK, or rather Seahawks, Eagles with AJ, and Niners with Debo? Which do you think sees the greatest value from their new contract? Eric Alonzo says DK, Debo for Monsoon and Jeff Sawyer, Titans Kyle does agree. Aubrey Calvin says Debo and Metcalf mean more to their team than AJ did the Titans. Oh, God, no, that's not true at all. That's that's nonsense, of course. Aubrey, AJ, uh, AJ accounts for a greater percentage of the, of the only, let me, let me rephrase the only player in the NFL who accounts for a greater percentage of their team's passing game than AJ since he's been in the league since 2019 is Devontae Adams. Like AJ Brown has, I I won't say single-handedly, but he has nearly single-handedly elevated the Titans passing game it's Ryan Tannehill's best option consistently since he's been the starting quarterback and of course it's foolish to say that uh that AJ means that that Debo and Metcalf mean more to their teams than AJ did because who was the harder pl- I mean I, we're not that far removed from last season do you got did you guys forget that AJ was harder to replace than Derek was I know that sounds blasphemous blasphemous now and, you know, I'm sure people's personal biases will make them say, how dare you, you know, Derrick Henry's the most important, blah, 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 blah. No, I mean, it's, you basically got Derrick Henry with Deontay Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard down the stretch. You never found an AJ replacement when AJ wasn't out there, right? I, I think we're all, we all should be at this point very cognizant of that. Now, here's the, here's why I'll take Metcalf out of the conversation because DK Metcalf, the quarterback situation is a shit show in Seattle. Geno Smith or Drew Locke. You feel good about neither of those options. You have to be able to get the highly paid wide receiver of the football in a consistent and uh, useful fashion. I do not believe that the two quarterbacks on the roster that they have are currently equipped to do so. It will be an interesting sample size, but for all intents and purposes, I consider this to kind of be a wasted DK Metcalf season, and you don't want to waste – a player season at that age and at that value, and particularly at that position, by having poor quarterback play. So DK, let's remove it. Now Debo and AJ, who has the greater value to their team? And it's pretty close because I do think that say Jalen Hurts completely collapses, right? Or not completely collapses, but they they put all these incredible weapons around Jalen Hurts and he can't he can't elevate further than what he's been. Philadelphia has equipped themselves with draft capital to move on from Jalen Hurts if need be and position the next quarterback to have an offense around them. That's that's great. That is as best a situation as humanly possible. Trey Lance is a big variable for the 49ers. We don't know what he is yet. He is supposed to be or have a higher ceiling, one would think, than Jimmy Garoppolo. And then by extension, a higher ceiling, than Jalen Hurts. But how he kind of feels things out in his, I mean, what it basically amounts to his rookie season, there are so many unknowns to account for in that particular situation. So when I look at it, I almost think that AJ right now, as we sit here today, is the best value for his new team. Four years, $100 million. It's a lot of money in an offense that led the league in rushing last year because they had to, because that's what their personnel allowed them to do at a higher level because they don't have the quarterback to implement a high-level passing game. Their thought is if they can provide them creative ways to get the football and not make the passing game too difficult, too laborious on Jalen Hurts, that the weaponry around him will elevate the rest of the roster. I think A.J. might be the best value of the three. As new, new, to, new to this team, this offense, what are kind of your immediate goals for the first week of camp? Uh, goals, first week of camp. I'm, I'm striving to get better each and every day. Uh, try to win every rep. And if the ball comes my way, make sure I grab it and do what I do after the catch. So uh, as far as the week, I try to keep it day to day, you know, improve day to day, go in there, and watch film, and try to get better on what I. What I didn't do too well on, like today, and and learn from it and grow. What was it like first day of being out here in Philly, seeing these Eagles fans and just try it? Um, it was very passionate. As soon as I came out here, some cheers. Uh, I definitely feel the love. You know, uh, ever since I've been here in Philly, uh, the city's been showing me love, and you know I appreciate it wholeheartedly. And now it's my job to go do what I do, have fun, and, and play some football. Nika says can't watch AJ talking, so cringe. Yeah, you know it's there are probably uh, there are probably some triggering elements to that, I would imagine. But I do uh, I do think that uh, I do think that ends up being a better value for the team as we sit here today. Now, Trey Lance could completely you know revolutionize the quarterback position and and become like the next coming of Justin Herbert as far as potential and upside is concerned, and all of that could be washed away because Jalen Hurts is not that special of a player. Um, But right now, it would seem that AJ presents the best value to his team. All right, let's wrap things up. By the way, uh, I'm back out at training camp tomorrow. I'm at training camp. Let's see. I'm doing my radio show Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, because the Titans are off on Wednesday. Tomorrow on the radio show, Rashad Weaver is going to be the player who sits down with me at my training camp broadcast Set up. I know a lot of you guys have questions about Rashad Weaver, and I know that many of you are excited to hear from him. I hear he's a great interview, uh, or I hear he's a great personality. I don't know how he is as an interview, but I have asked a lot of people around the uh, around the facility what they think of Rashad Weaver. You know, understandably so. There was, uh, I think, that you could call them character questions. Diplomatically, call them character questions with his situation that unfolded after he was drafted here but I am fascinated to talk to him because obviously I think he could play a big role with this football team this year and we're going to start our positional previews for the Titans we're looking at the edge the edge players who are in camp for the Titans and how many uh how many guys or or basically taking a look at all of the names and who can contribute what in which spots as these things start to develop. And we'll look forward to talking to Rashad Weaver tomorrow. I believe that's going to be at 11 o'clock. It should be at 11 o'clock because that's when practice concludes. Anyway, let's do this as a free site and wrap our Sunday evening broadcast up. The question for you on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch is this. Uh, Scale of 1 to 10, I need you to grade this Robert Woods catch. Let's do a little Titans talk. To end it, because I know you guys want your fix. It's training camp season. You guys want Titans, 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 and that's fine. I just figured we'd do some NFL news tonight since there was NFL news to be had um, in the absence of any Titans news. But I need, on a scale of 1 to 10, grade this Robert Woods catch. Now, uh, Chris is giving me grades without even seeing the catch. I think most people know which catch I'm talking about. But we will play it for you here quickly, and then I will ask you to grade said catch. Because Robert Woods, I would argue that he's the most impressive thing on the practice field right now for Tennessee for a variety of reasons. But again, this courtesy of the Titans social media handles. So that's right. Tannehill, he's winding up. These are one-on-ones. Caleb Farling coverage. Robert Woods skies for the football does not necessarily run past Caleb Farley because he's not a physically faster athlete than Caleb Farley. Again, I'll do my best Mike Keith impression and try and do a little play-by-play here for you guys. Matt Stanley says, haven't seen the clip yet, but 10 out of 10. All right, so let's watch this one-on-one drill again, and I will narrate it for you. Tannehill drops back to pass, loads up, fires deep down to Robert Woods on the sideline. The wide receiver goes up, makes the play with Caleb Farley in good position. Clean coverage. Uh, I thought he played that ball well. But grade that catch on a scale of 1 to 10. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. 9.99 for Nate Davis. Not not the Titans right guard, Nate Davis, but Nate Davis on Facebook Live. Uh, Beautiful Tannehill pass, says Chris Frazier. Tannehill's been pretty sharp. Um, Now, again, it's a week, a week into training camp. Pads aren't on. Uh, There's plenty of time uh well let's see what was the last Saturday was the last day that we were out there Saturday was kind of a gunky day for the offense but Ben Jones went down early in practice so Daniel Munyer who respectfully is kind of a train wreck at center he had a botched snap caused the Tannehill fumble the very next play they threw a pass to Dontrell Hilliard then he fumbled and it was kind of a sloppy day for the offense but overall the offenses look pretty sharp Tannehill has been Playing quite well. So let's run back this clip, scale of one to 10. How would you grade this Robert Woods catch? Because I want you to watch which leg he takes off of. It's the left leg, which is the leg that he tore his ACL on. So not only is he understanding how to make a play on a corner who's inexperienced, but more physically talented than Robert Woods is, Caleb Farley possesses higher potential athletically than Robert Woods does. But Robert Woods understands leverage. He understands where the sideline is. He understands that even if he's not going to run right past you, he's going to be able to go up and make a play on the ball because he understands at what point, okay, I need to stop, come back. I'm going to let this corner keep running. If he wants to, he's sticking with me pretty well. Okay, I can still kind of maneuver myself, go up in the air to get the ball, make a play for a chunk play, an explosive play down the field, which of course, Is something that we know that the Titans lacked as a team last year. Tim Jernigan says, what happened to Ben? Uh, I don't know what happened to Ben, but Ben uh, went down early in practice. Hell, I think it it was – I think it might have been in, like, individual drills. I didn't see Ben specifically when Ben specifically got injured, but it wasn't during team. Um, So it had to have been pretty early on. If Ben even practiced – Ben, yeah, because Ben was Ben was dressed and ready to practice because he was supposed to speak to the media and then uh, there was an injury at some point. So I believe it was I, if my timeline is accurate, it would have been during the individual drills. But again, I didn't see specifically what happened to him. Uh, MB says any news on Moldenbuck? Uh, no, only that he didn't practice on Saturday and that Roger McCreary has looked really, really good in uh, Molden's absence. It's going to be a legit competition for the slot corner spot this year. And I think I think I like Molden or I think I like McCreary better than I like Molden, even though I think Molden has a lot of potential and that's a good spot to be in. Blake Paris says an eight uh, is how he would grade that Robert Woods cat six or six and a half or seven. Come on, man, I've caught a ton of those. We can't, what do you mean you've caught a ton of those? What does that mean? You've caught a ton of those T town Brown. You've caught a ton of what passes from an NFL quarterback with an NFL first round quarter and coverage on, you No, of course you haven't caught a ton of those respectfully, I mean, unless you're using a fake name on here, which is entirely possible. And I want to be respectful. I don't know what level of uh, football you played. So perhaps, uh, and listen, it is a practice catch. I I think that's a fair assessment, six and a half or seven. But again, I'm grading on a scale of wide receiver, who's in his thirties, coming off a torn ACL, using the leg that he had the torn ACL on to launch himself up into the air to make the play. I think that it is probably deserving of a seven and a half. Now I'm not saying you got to go crazy, right? Cause it's still a, it's a one-on-one drill. Those things favor the offense anyway, but like, I, I don't want to hear, I've caught a ton of those. We can't hype ever, up everything. Well, <laughs> respectfully, I don't, I, without knowing how, what your level of experience in the football world is, I'm going to assume that you haven't caught a ton of those specifically because we're talking about the professional level. Um, as opposed to high school, college, or or anywhere in between, but you know whatever the case may be, uh, I guarantee you, Buck, uh, that uh, T Town or two what which is it? T T-t, T T Town Brown, yeah, has caught more passes than you have. Two twenty by but oh, 222 today, by the way. So sit it on it and spin, be French. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't a I wasn't a receiver. God no, I wasn't a receiver, and I, I didn't play beyond high school. Um, I was an outside linebacker and uh, yeah, no, I not zero receiving. I'm not saying that I have any experience either. I'm just saying yeah, nobody, I'm assuming that nobody, unless there are there are people uh, lurking under aliases in here, I'm assuming that I don't have any former NFL players in the audience, which is not a safe assumption. Cause sometimes I see people pop in and out of here who may be active, maybe have just removed uh, from time to time. Cause we can see after the fact who did watch the show. Um So maybe that night is tonight. But again, I'm assuming that uh, none of you guys played NFL football. Maybe. Maybe it's not a fair assumption. Who knows? Maybe you did a practice question. Maybe you played in the USFL. What the hell do I know? Anyway, it's going to do it for us tonight. On A to Z Sports Prime Time. Radio show. Back at training camp. Rashad Weaver, the guest. 11 o'clock. Make sure you're there. Uh, we're going to have a great time and I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your weekend. What little remains of it. I'm going to do the same and I will speak to you tomorrow. Uh, well, actually Kaylin Watson says, Buck, you going to Baltimore? Yeah, man. I go to every game. Uh, I will be in Baltimore. I'm flying in Wednesday afternoon. We're going to do primetime Wednesday from Baltimore. The game is Thursday night, and then I will fly back from Baltimore to Nashville Friday morning, uh, to do the radio show at 10 AM, which will be great. Uh, are you tired says Alex M well, sure, but that's cause it's football season. So I'm going to be tired until next June. That's great. Cause it means that we're working again. we feel it. we're up and moving, uh, the Weaver court case. You heard anything? Yeah. I've heard that it's delayed again, uh, or that it's likely to get delayed again during the season because you know, apparently the Pittsburgh judicial system is kind of a shit show. Uh, Alex says, "I live in Maryland. Let's link up. Um, yeah, if I see you at the game, right, that's. But yeah, I mean, respectfully, Alex, I'm. Uh, I will. Well, actually, what's? Maybe, maybe Alex, you can tell me this because I got, I got shit in Baltimore when the Titans play. Well, the night before the Titans played the Ravens in, uh, in Baltimore for the 2019. That would have been the divisional round. Lamar Jackson, one seed, uh, defeated at home." And I was at a bar with a bunch of NFL friends called The Horse You Came In On. Now, I can't remember what part of town, Alex, The Horse You Came In On is in. But if you can tell me that, then perhaps I will see you at The Horse You Came In On. Because I had a great time. I was miserably hungover for that Baltimore game. Normally, I don't I don't drink like that. I don't, I don't drink. I don't, I'm not a big drinker anyway. I'm not going to I'm sitting on here talking about how blacked out drunk i was on an employee or on my employer's platform uh but i mean listen uh, if by that but by that point i needed to blow off blow off some steam um but uh yeah i i can't remember the part of town that it was but i had a great time until the game and then i was very i was very i i, I almost i throw up in it i throw up in the press box in indianapolis every year because all my college buddies live in indy but I, that's as close as I have been to uh, throwing up in a press box. That's not indie. It was a uh, it was a tough scene. Samuel Shelley asked, do "You enjoy flying? Hell no, flying is terrible. I despise flying. Um, but you know, I mean, it's what I do. So <laughs> it's part of my job. I'll get over it. And that's really, honestly, honestly, uh, Samuel. I think that uh, I think that flying is the only part of my job that I hate. I really do. That's the only part of my job I hate." flying is flying is a nightmare but i always i'm always on the first flight in and the first flight out so i don't have to deal with delays at that point but uh yeah flying flying stinks, especially right now i'm kind of nervous for this football season honestly cuz i got what including preseason nine total road trips uh no 10 total road trips 11 counting super bowl which is in scottsdale and of course i'll go to super bowl regardless of whether the titans are in Hit it or not? Why do I hate flying? What do you mean? Why flying stinks? Um, flying is the worst. Who likes flying? What 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 do you enjoy an airport? Do you what, I have TSA pre check and I still hate the airport. I uh, you know I have automatic check in on Southwest. I still hate the airport. I'm you know I'm I'm usually in a pretty good spot. I still hate the damn airport. No nobody likes flying. Who if you if you come in here if you come in the chat and tell me you enjoy the airport. And the process of flying, you're just lying to me. You're lying or you're a sociopath. But I love you anyway. Have a great night. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow, 10 a.m. on the radio show on 104.5 The Zone.